Welcome to the First Pres podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. So we continue in our Who Knows series this morning. We're looking today at Jeremiah. So I encourage you to turn to uh, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1. As you navigate there, as we say, turn in your Bibles or turn on your Bibles. And get on over to Jeremiah as we look at chapter 1 and his commissioning this morning. And as we turn to the words of Scripture, let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Lord, do speak to us, we pray, by your holy word. Come Holy Spirit, you who spoke by the apostles and prophets, and speak to us that we can hear your living word and believe in Jesus' name. Amen. Jeremiah 1, verses 6 through 19, hear the word of the Lord. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say, I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. The word of the Lord came to me again. What do you see? I see a pot that is boiling, it answered. It is tilting toward us from the north. The Lord said to me, from the north, disaster will be poured out on all who live in the land. I am about to summon all the peoples of the northern kingdoms, declares the Lord. Their kings will come and set up their thrones and the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem. They will come against all her surrounding walls and against all the towns of Judah. I will pronounce my judgments on my people because of their wickedness in forsaking me, in burning incense to other gods and in worshiping what their hands have made. Get yourself ready, stand up, and say to them whatever I command you. Do not be terrified by them, or I will terrify you before them. Today, I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you but will not overcome you, for I am with you, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Who knows, who knows in Jeremiah's life? God is in my story. My story is in God, but what is my story about? What is your story about? Every great story has a challenge to overcome. Every epic tale has some villain in it that that must fall. 
As we hit on Jeremiah today, we're going to see that you don't get a story without a vision. And you don't get a vision without something to overcome. And you don't get something to overcome. You don't find out or figure out what it is God wants you to overcome until you let your heart break with the things that break the heart of God. What is your story about? It begins with this question. What breaks your heart? So what breaks your heart? And not just in that kind of sarcastic kind of, oh, you're breaking my heart kind of tone. I missed uh, Mother's Day with you last, last weekend. I wouldn't do that, but I was, I was invited on a president's trip with Compassion International and toured around uh, with Jimmy Mayotto all through Peru looking at sites where children are nurtured and fed and released from poverty in the name of Jesus. And we traveled all over uh, Peru. At one point, the guys were razzing me that my hair seems to stay in place no matter what we're doing. You know, bus rides, uh, you know, dusty walks through windy streets, uh, hats, you know, all this stuff. And they also, your hair seems to, I mean, I don't really see the problem. <laughs> but I, I was trying to be self-deprecating. I said, well, there's a, but there's a little less of it to work with than there, than there used to be. And, and uh, I was complaining a little bit about some thinning and a little bit of graying that I've noticed up there. The choir knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> they get to see the pastor, you know, grow in the crown of wisdom. <clears throat> but I, the problem was I was saying this to John Ortberg. John Ortberg, who has been gray, I think, all of his life. I mean, I think... I think he was born with gray hair. So John says to me, oh yeah, Tim, you look awful. If I were you, I'd just stay in my hotel room all day. He's a great pastor. Majors in empathy. Oh, you're breaking my heart. You're breaking my heart. Not like that. What really breaks your heart? Do you, do you let anything seep in deep enough to break your heart? What really touches you? What really opens up uh, the soil of your heart? Compassion only serves kids that are living uh, with under $2 a day. You know, if you, um, if, if you got up this morning and had clean water, clean hot water from a tap, if you looked in your closet and you chose from multiple pairs of shoes and, and, and different clean sets of, of clothing, if you got into a car and drove on paved roads to arrive at the place where you're going today to come down here, you, I mean, you know the drill. Most of the world doesn't live like that. You know, sometimes I think we, we don't allow our hearts to, to break and sometimes our faith loses fire because we are not letting ourselves get in touch with the painful needs of the human condition. Places where we can't solve it. The problems are too big and, and we have to hit our knees before Jesus. We're too surrounded by fluff and comfort 
to feel anything sometimes. What breaks your heart? Jeremiah was a guy who allowed his heart to be broken by God. He's sometimes called the prophet of tears or the weeping prophet. He rose to success early in life during the reign of King Josiah, a great leader who who helped put everyone back on track with God and created a very healthy culture. You can read about Josiah in 2 Kings 22-23, how how King Josiah found the Word of God, literally found a Bible and said to his people, we're going back to the Word of God. And you can read about how healthy it was for everyone and the common good when they returned to God's Word. And Jeremiah was a, a whole part of that as a young man. He had early success. Now, early success can be a burden. You know folks who have had early success? You know folks who've uh, maybe they, you know, they sold their business for, for tens of millions of dollars at age 30, and then they think, well, what am I supposed to do now? It early success. Uh, I wasn't burdened with that problem <laughs> myself. For Jeremiah, his early success uh, came into and became a long life of struggling to keep people faithful to God who didn't want to be faithful to God. And it just got harder and harder as people listened to him less and less, and he watched them all fall into the pits of their own destruction as they turned away from the Lord. That's what broke his heart. That's what burdened his heart. Do you have a burden on your heart for the spiritually lost? Jeremiah did. Let's dig in. Verse 6. Alas, sovereign Lord, Jeremiah said. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said. I do not know how to speak. I am too young. We think Jeremiah was around 20. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am, what? With you. And I will rescue you, declares the Lord. So you're never too young. You're never too young to do what God has called you to do. You young folks, you graduates, senior graduates that are headed out, you're never too young to do what God has called you to do. Why? Because God says, I'll be with you. I'm with you. And I'll walk with you. I'll strengthen you. I'll be with you. God is with you. Yours is to obey and set fear aside. It's God's. It's God's to provide the power and the outcome of your obedience. Verse 9, Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. The word of God. He touches him and he says, I'm putting my word in your life. I'm putting my word in your mouth. He gives him his word. And then so we see that Jeremiah receives from the Lord his word. Jeremiah receives from the Lord a vision, a purpose, a, a mission, a, a commissioning. And the Lord says to Jeremiah in that, I'm with you. I will be in you. I will rescue you. I'm with you. That's his, see, that's his spirit. God says, my spirit is going to be with you. I'll never be apart from you. My spirit is wherever you go. And then he says, I'm giving you my word. My word is in your mouth. Word and spirit. 
spirit and word. That's how Jeremiah is commissioned. Today is Pentecost. We wear this, uh, this red color, speaking of the flames of the Holy Spirit coming to give birth to the church. Pentecost was a festival of the word of God. The Pentateuch, to be exact, the first five books of the Old Testament. And every year, the people of God would have a festival that they had been given the Word of God. But when Christians were gathered in Jerusalem for Pentecost, that's when the Holy Spirit came over them like fire. Celebrating the Word, the Spirit of God is poured out. And at that Pentecost festival in Jerusalem, that's when the Holy Spirit came over the followers of Jesus like a fire. They were lit up with the Holy Spirit in Acts 2. And so every year we mark that as a Christian church, we mark that as the birth of, of the Christian movement. That the Holy Spirit empowered the church in the world. Celebrating the word, the spirit is poured out. Receiving the word, the spirit comes over you. You see, in receiving the word, Jeremiah hears that God will always be with them by his spirit. Word and spirit, spirit and word. If you want a vision for your life, if you want a purpose for your story, if you want to know what your story is about, what God's purpose is for your life, if you want to know what it is that you are supposed to go up against in your story and overcome, it is found in the celebration of the Word and the outpouring of the Spirit. You say, Tim, I don't know, my, you know what my story is about. I don't know my purpose in life. I haven't found my passion yet. I don't know where my heart breaks with the things that break the heart of God. I don't know what my story is supposed to be about. Well, listen, return to the Word and call on the Holy Spirit by Word and Spirit. That's how Jeremiah received his commissioning. Here it is. Verse 10. Look at verse 10 together. See, today I appoint you. Jeremiah receives a commissioning, an appointment. I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. This is Jeremiah's mission statement. This is his vision statement of his whole life. This is what he's supposed to be about. And it comes in two emphases, to tear down and to build up. See, the people are prone to turn from God. So God tells Jeremiah, you're going to have to tear down. There are things that you're going to have to tear down. The people are prone to turn away, and as Jeremiah says later, they turn from the springs of living water found in God to build their own cisterns that won't even hold water. They're going to turn away from me, the Lord says. Jeremiah, they're going to turn away from me, and you have to tear that stuff down. You can't leave them. You can't leave them enslaved to false gods, enslaved to false idols, seeking empty trash. You have to tear that stuff down. You have, to, you have to help them to see they are chasing after things that are just not worth chasing after. You have to tear down. And then you can build up. You tell them the truth. 
You tell them the goodness of God. You tell them who I am. You tell them about my covenant promises that I will never leave behind or forsake. You can tear down what's false so that you can install what's true. And Jeremiah had that too. He saw a new covenant coming. In chapter 31, we read, This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Tear down and build up. And then God, in our passage, gives Jeremiah a few more pictures. I won't break those down for you today. It's an interesting study if you get the chance to do that in a life group or on your own of all these pictures. But what I want you to see is that God fills out a vision. God fills out a picture of the future. And with that vision, Jeremiah is off to the races. When God gives you vision, when you see where God wants you to go, when you see what God wants you to be about, the vision makes you strong. Look now, look at verse 18 and 19. Today, I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall. You, Jeremiah, 20 years old, you, Jeremiah, I have made you today a fortified city, an iron pillar, a bronze wall to stand against the whole land. It doesn't matter what forces oppose. I'm stronger than those forces and I'm within you. God says, I have made you a fortified city against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you. For I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. When you have a picture from God of what's worth fighting for, when you have a vision from God, when God has shown you the way that the world is and the way that it ought to be, and you can see it, friends, it makes you strong. You become a fortified city, a wall like bronze, because you've got to see that happen. And they'll push against you, but they won't be able to push you over or push you off of this vision. You see why? Because God says, I'm with you, and I'll stand with you. Does your life with Christ feel numb or passionless? You need to ask, what breaks your heart? Does your life with Christ feel rote? Does it feel superficial at an empty level? That You have to ask, what breaks my heart? You need a vision. You need your heart broken with the things that break the heart of God. Now, I've started to notice at this stage in my life that my heart breaks for a lot of stuff. I, I cry at every movie I see. I mean, it's ridiculous. I was watching, uh, I've seen The Greatest Showman twice. Cried both times. You know, had to sit there crying before I could get up and get out of the movie. I watched The Darkest Hour with uh, that story about, you know, Winston Churchill and uh, resisting the Nazis and their attack. And, you know, when he goes down into the underground and he's talking to all the people in the subway and saying, well, should we just give up? Should we... You know, and there's this little girl who says, no, don't give up. I'm blubbering, you know, I'm blubbering. 
I was on an airplane recently watching Jumanji. <laughs> the new one with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And I was saying to myself, Tim, do not cry. Do not cry watching Jumanji with Dwayne the Rock Johnson on a plane. Come on. I mean, come on. Hold it together. But what breaks your heart? What brings tears to your eyes? Maybe this graduation season, your heart breaks for our high schools. I remember two years ago when... um, Colorado Springs was suffering a rash of suicides and, and someone said to me, someone said as an aside, they said, oh yeah, we're back in suicide season. And I just said, no. No. We don't do that. We don't do suicide season. That doesn't get to be normalized. Or today as we come to church, our hearts are broken for the high school in Santa Fe. Santa Fe, Texas, where once again a 17-year-old student has taken 10 of his, his fellow students' lives. And that doesn't get to be normalized. We don't get to just walk by that and say, oh, one more. That's, we have to stand up and say, no. Maybe your heart breaks for, for what's going on in our high schools, what our young people are experiencing. You remember back at that time, I, I called you as a church. I asked you to pray. I, asked you every, I said, every time you drive by a high school, would you pray? And we committed to doing that together. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I was at uh, a national day of prayer event. And, and after I had made that call of commitment to pray for our high schools, a friend of mine, an old friend named David Stralo here in the church came up and said, Tim, I want you to know about an initiative I've been a part of for years. We pray every week for all the schools and all the teachers. And a couple of weeks ago, I was at uh, a national day of prayer event. And who got up to pray but David Stralo? pray for our schools, to pray for our teachers. Why? Because people knew that that's where his heart is. When you let God break your heart with things that break his heart and you move toward them, God starts to use you to overcome. Or my heart does break for for children that are in poverty here and around the world. When I was on this trip to Peru, I met a young lady with compassion named Adela. And she grew up in extreme poverty outside the city of Lima, Peru. When she was eight, she contracted a skin disease, something that you and I would take our kids to the doctor and just get it taken care of just like that. But they didn't have money to go to a doctor. They didn't have the resources to go find medicine. And so the skin disease continued to grow and, and it became more and more painful and uncomfortable. And then all, all the hair fell out of her whole body. And at that time, she said to the Lord, I want to die. She said, at that time, I asked the Lord could I please just die? But God had other plans. Compassion uh, partnered her up with a sponsor, a lady in New Jersey, and, and soon she got a letter about God's love, and Adela received nutrition and medicine, education, and the gospel. And she gave her life to Jesus Christ, and she grew to be a healthy, mature young lady following Jesus. And today, as I met her, she works in the Central Office of Compassion in Lima, Peru, processing sponsor letters of 80,000 compassion kids in that country. And Adela smiled to tell us, she smiled to 
tell us with great pride. She said, and now I have a compassion child. Emmanuel, a boy in Kenya. From abject poverty, from the chains of dehumanizing poverty, without the resources to care even for her own basic needs, she is now a part of ministering to a nation of children and one special boy. What breaks your heart? What moves you? What is it that you're going to get involved with and and overcome in the power of God? God is in your story, and your story is in God. What is your story going to be about? What is happening in your world that you just can't stand for another minute? And you don't know how to solve it, but you know you're going to move toward it. What is it that breaks your heart to the point of tears? Is uh, Is it broken marriages? Is it people struggling in spiritual darkness? Is it students and teachers? Teachers and and high schools, homeless and jobless, police who have to walk into dangerous situations without the proper uh, protective gear, soldiers who are headed off on long deployments and their families who suffer their their separation. What is it? What is it that, that brings you to tears? And you've got a vision from God that it shouldn't be like this. Are you gonna move toward it? You're never too young and you're never too old to find the passion and be moved by the vision and walk into what God has called you to overcome, to tear down, to uproot so that God can build and plant. Vision emerges from a broken heart and a spirit of tears. Well, that's Jeremiah, friends. And Jeremiah had a hard run. His life went on. It, was, it never got easy for him. It just got more and more difficult. And he was, uh, people, you know, didn't listen to him. He, they burned the scriptures in front of him. They scoffed at him. They tossed him in down a well. It never got easy for him. We think that he died in exile in Egypt. But he kept going. It was so rough for him, he's called the prophet of tears. And in fact, he, it got so bad, you know, he wrote the, the book Lamentations. I mean, if you author a book called Lamentations, you know, things have been rough. He said in that book, uh, you know, I can't see for the tears. My eyes fail for tears. I cry so much, I can't even see straight. But he saw something else coming in Lamentations 3. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love. We are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Jeremiah knew sadness. He knew tears. But he also knew this in Jeremiah 32. This verse, the Lord says, they will be my people and I will be their God. I will give them singleness of heart and action so that they will always fear me and that all will go well for them and for their children after them. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Listen now. I will never stop doing good to them. I will inspire them to fear me so that they will never turn away from me. I will rejoice in doing them good and will assuredly plant them in this land with all my heart and soul. Can you hear that from the Lord this morning? Someone needs to hear that from the Lord. I will never stop doing good 
for you. I will never stop rejoicing in doing good for you. I have a new covenant. I myself will come to you. You know that's Jesus. He says, I myself will gather my people. That's Jesus. I will make a new covenant with you. When Jesus lifted the cup, he said, behold, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. It's in Jesus we know that new covenant. It's in Jesus we find our purpose and our mission and our passion and the call to overcome. It's in Jesus that we know what our story is about. In him, in Christ." You are a city fortified and able to stand against all forces that oppose, never toppled, never destroyed, able to move against the forces of evil, of what is wrong and confused in this world, the forces that break your heart and bring tears to your eyes, able to move against what is wrong and able to establish what is right. Even if just a seed, just a seed You see, in Jesus, in Jesus, your life has purpose. And your story is a story that overcomes. Let's pray. Lord, we know you're in our story. We know our story is in you. And we pray for, Lord, your vision, a picture of where we need to move, what we need to be about, of what's wrong with this world around us and what's so right in you. Give us a heart, Lord, that's burdened for the places that are broken. Give us tears so that we don't sit apathetically by, but we're moved to make a difference. In your name, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.